Welcome to The Main Edit, a podcast that's all about building standout salon brands. I'm your host, Mickey Old, and I'm a small town girl who dropped out of school and built a wildly successful salon brand from the ground up. Head over to mickeyold.com to learn more, but in the meantime, let's jump right in. Hi guys, welcome back to the main edit. In this episode, I want to unpack my seven figure method that is a free downloadable on my website. You can head to the link in the show notes to get your hands on it. Uh, But I wanted to go through all of the steps just so I can unpack it a little bit further for you. So I believe that there are six essential steps to profit and freedom and leading your business to seven figures and a healthy profit margin without increasing your overheads is possible. I think that number one, it comes down to branding and then strong leadership. And then you really need to get super strategic with your systemization. And I know that that sounds like a lot. And I know that that journey is a long one, despite what we might hear online. And I know that we're all getting sold this get rich quick narrative. I believe that long-term sustainable success is a marathon. It's not something that you can master overnight. In fact, I don't know if anyone ever really masters it. Things are always changing in business, but I do think that these six steps are essential to long-term success in your business. And that's what I want for you. So let's dive into it. I believe that most of us go out into salon ownership because we were probably in a position where we were either working for someone else or we were renting a chair and we probably thought something along the lines of, well, I could have my own space for the amount of money that I am paying, um, you know, renting a chair, or I could make all of this money for myself or a whole lot more if I were to run my own business. So if you're a stylist and you're seeing those numbers tick over in salon, and you're like, these are, you know, it's thousands of dollars and I could make all of this. I'm here to tell you that it is (laughs) extremely hard. Um, And what you will find when you are in ownership is number one, you are constantly problem solving and you actually never switch off, at least for a very long time until you get stronger in your boundaries. And also it is really, really expensive to open a salon brand. That's why so many Um, you know, not only just salons, but startups, uh, small businesses, they do fail within the first 24 months. And there's only a small percentage of them that go beyond uh, the 10 year mark. And those that actually reach um, a seven figure target, they are even less again. But what's important and what I want you guys to know, and what I want you to keep in mind, I suppose, is that Seven uh, figures doesn't actually mean anything. What you need to focus on is the profit margin. So there are so many people online that are out there, you know, saying, earn six figures, I earn six figures in this month, I'm gonna show you how to do it. Or I have a seven figure salon, I'm going to show you how to do it. Or I have a seven figure online coaching business, who knows? The thing is, is that you don't kind of reach that point and then it's kind of, oh, it's, you know, it's easy from here. I'm just going to coast, take my foot off the gas. Um, and, and that, that will, I mean, don't be fooled. I suppose, I guess I'm trying to say, don't be fooled into thinking that once you reach that point, it's going to be simple and that 
that is what your weeks and months or whatever is always going to look like because that is just not the point and that is that's just not true I have been transparent before on socials where I said the first year that we actually hit seven figures our profit margin was so so minimal I'm literally I and I mean minimal like five figures and and not high that was the profit margin we just got over the line and the profit that the business actually made after all the overheads were paid was tiny 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 so when you see all these things online and even when I'm talking about it now and I know very much that seven figures is something that's going to grab people's attention and so that's why I will admit I called my free download the seven figure method because everyone is obsessed with it They're like tell me how and I'm sorry I'm going to burst your bubble bubble a little bit and I'm going to tell you that it's not that straightforward but one key takeaway and something that I want you guys to focus on is actually increasing your profit margin don't worry so much about the seven figure um, don't you know you can focus on reaching something like that but what you actually need to focus on is your profit and loss statements and looking at that and going back to that regularly so you can see where you're kind of you know way too inflated with your expenses and then where you can kind of like become a lot leaner because running a lean business with high profit margins is the key to sustainable success because otherwise you will start to go backwards or you will plateau i know because i have been there and when i say that i have a salon that you know run is a seven figure salon i am not pocketing all of that our profit margin isn't like 50 percent even 40 even god it's like we're still working on getting that to a point where we are in a healthy profit margin ideally we want to be around that 20 percent 20 30 is like crazy that's amazing you're killing it but like we are still working towards that so i always want to be super transparent with you guys around all of that kind of stuff because i think it's so important to be but anyway let's go into the six steps i will stop banging on i think you get the point um the first thing i think we need to do is to define what our version of freedom is and it is so important that we start here because having a crystal clear idea of what our dream life actually looks like is what will keep you on track because if you're about to go into salon ownership I am just going to say to you, your life is about to become hectic. You are going to have to keep that big goal in mind at all times uh, in order to stay on track and to stay motivated. Uh, the bigger picture is what's going to pull you through because you are about to experience some hardships. And we are all so optimistic and idealistic when we first go into business. We're all, you know, we're full of energy and we have, you know, bright eyes, bushy, and we're bushy tailed and we're just like, we're going to kill it. And then you're like, Jesus, this is so hard. And it is hard. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I, you know, want to be straight up with that. So it is so important that you define what your version of freedom is. The second thing that we really want to think about once you're like, okay, this is what my dream life is. This is what I'm doing it for. We need to become a brand. So in order to attract high ticketed clients or a lot of clients, because 
you have to choose either one. You either see a lot of people for a lower price point or you attract high ticketed clients so you can see less people, uh, but you make the same amount of money. And if you want to attract a star studded team, then you have to look and act like the best. Fake it until you make it. That is my number one thing. Like people ask me how I got into the likes of like Harper's Bazaar, Rush, the fashion journal, all that sort of stuff, completely unpaid, mind you, and without a PR team. I didn't even reach out to them. I had no idea these articles were being written, but things were, you know, popping up and being tagged in things. And I was like, oh my God. I think it comes back to the fact that with my own salon brand, with Paloma Rome, I put so much work into it in the back end to make it look like this big, exciting thing before we were even at that point. And I've mentioned this in previous episodes when I was freelancing and building a brand for myself. I mean, I didn't really know what I was doing at the time, to be honest. So I didn't even follow my six steps, but these are the steps I wish I knew. This is the framework that I wish I had, but something that I was doing without even realizing what I was doing. Like when I was running a chair and I was freelancing, I created a website that was beautiful. So people actually thought that I was a salon when it was just like me renting a chair and that elevated, um, you know, who I was and what it was that I offered right from the get go. The third step is to set our salon up, uh, like a big company. So in order to become the most successful, we have to absolutely think like the most successful. And as I've said before, this is where we need to get our Macca's pants on. If you want a book that is going like a book that changed my life, um, was the E-Myth, such a great book. He talks to this all, you know, throughout the entire book. That's basically what it's about. And it's about your company framework and setting it up so that everything is clear from the start. doesn't matter if it's just you and your sister starting a little salon business together you're going to wear a million hats and defining what your role is and the expectations that you have of you know, one another uh, is so integral to your long-term success. The fourth step is systemization. So tough truth, team are going to come and go. You cannot change that. I know it hurts, especially when you are in a business that is built off humans and services that those humans offer uh it is hard because it's not like you know i'm not saying that having a sandwich shop would be easy but you can teach a lot of people you can basically teach anyone how to make a sandwich and so you don't need a certain level of skills for someone to come into your business and do that for you obviously um the level you know, of which people are like, whatever, you know, if someone make, if someone might make a really great sandwich and put a lot of effort into it, other people, maybe not so much. And that, you know, that's true for, I also have realized guys, I say, you know, a lot. So I may try to make an effort not to do that. Um, anyway, I'm going to start counting how many times I do it in each of my episodes. I never realized I did it until I started podcasting. So someone might take a lot of pride in making sandwiches and you know, <laughs> did you get the next person? Not so much. Uh, so that is the same for a salon business. What we need to do is make sure that we can, uh, enable and ensure, I suppose, ensure consistency. And that comes through systemization. 
Your team need to have systems and policies and procedures uh, and contracts so that they have something to go off and they know what's expected of them. And this is where like performance management and all those things come come into it as well. So I know that it's hard when your team move on, but I think we just need to sit with that and know that that's going to happen. So what we've got to do is create our business around systems and not around people. The fifth thing is leadership. So I think that this statement is absolutely true, that you are the problem and that you are the solution. And I know that's true for me too, because when I've, you know, my motivation will uh, increase and decrease depending on where I am in my life, depending on what my workload is. That's just natural. I'm human. I'm not going to get it right 100% of the time. And I think, you know, that is the case for many of us, so many of us. So leadership is something that I believe is a never ending journey for salon owners. I think it's something that we have to dedicate our lives to really, uh, when we take on a team and we open something that we want to, you know, scale and build and something that we want to be sustainable in the long term. uh, it's anchored in strong leadership. And so that is a lifelong commitment. Uh, it's, it's a lot, but leadership, is absolutely integral to a high-performing team and a luxury brand. The sixth thing, we really need to track our numbers. So we need to become a numbers person. Uh, It is so integral, so integral. So if you can start to look at your numbers, look at your profit and loss, look at where you're spending a lot of money, um, look at your retention rates, your rebooking, your customer average dollar spend, all those things. If you can just start to look at them, the goal with any of those targets obviously is going to be, you know, increasing them. And then for your overheads, it's going to be decreasing them. So we really have to get strategic. And if you use something like zero, I love zero. I even find it easy to use. Uh, and I am not naturally a numbers person, but I am someone who loves puzzles and I love problem solving and I love kind of figuring things out. So zero makes it really, really easy. Our software system that we're using at the moment is Katoomba. I love it. I love the reports that you can pull. It literally creates these, um, if you look at the targets for your team, there'll be a little scale and a little graph so they can check it like every minute of the day and it will change depending on the sales that have been made for the day. So they know how they're tracking at all times. Take so much of that hard work out of it, you know, for you. So let's go back to what defining freedom is. So we really want to go deep with this because picturing your perfect life and layering it, laying, sorry, it out on paper is going to help you build the steps to attaining your dream life. It can't be as simple as I want to be really rich. (laughs) We actually need to map out our perfect day and big goals in order to have something real to work towards. So when I was like a few years into business, I felt so burnt out. It was like at the beginning of COVID. (laughs) 
great. It's like plot twist. I'm already feeling like I've been kicked on the ground and here I am just going to deal with a global pandemic. That's fine. Uh, but I was burnt out. I was exhausted. And the only goal that I really had in my mind at the time was like, buying a dream home in northern New South Wales and for anyone who follows me online you will know that that's you know two hours maybe from my salon business so I didn't really think about well I didn't connect the dots and I didn't think about what I wanted my role to look like within my company so how many hours I wanted to work and you know where I was based and how that was going to look I ultimately hadn't defined what my version of freedom was so many salon owners, me included, will say that they lack freedom in their business. But I think that what is ultimately lacking is a complete understanding of what you want freedom to look like for you. Because tough truth again, it is highly unlikely that you are going to have a level of freedom that allows you to do whatever you want whenever you want. That's not really how business works. You are always going to be needed. There is always going to be something that happens. Uh, your, you know, the capacity that you work on the floor, what you do with your team, that might vary. And hopefully, uh, and ideally, what we want is that the longer you're in business and the more that you've systemized and you've uh, gone in and you've done all of these things, uh, the less you're going to be working on the floor and the less you're going to be needed. But that is so far down the track. A whole lot of strategy uh, has to come before that comes. And sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves and think like, what would we do if we had infinite time off? That's just, you know, we all need to work. It is unlikely that you are going to be able to sail around the world on your private yacht and do nothing <laughs> and sip martinis whenever you want. Uh, and you know, and that being something that you decide just maybe the day prior, that's not really how it works. So we need to firstly define our roles. So by doing this, we're not only going to have a tangible goal, but we will also learn what you need to hire out for and, and outsource, I suppose, as you grow. So I know that for me, I want to be completely off the floor when I'm in my 40s. I want to be primarily working in coaching and online courses. I know that a digital nomad life is something that I really aspire to have. I love being a salon owner. I love being a hairdresser. Uh, it has been an incredible part of my life, but I do know it's a season of my life and I know that there are so many other things and I suppose from learning a salon business and being a hairstylist, I've been, my eyes have been open to all of these other things that I've gotten to do being a salon owner and that's amazing. So this has been a huge part of my journey. I know longer term, I am going to want to be like the CEO of the overall company and doing all of the marketing and organizing all of the social media stuff, but I don't want to be working on the floor with clients. Uh, and I want other people, you know, in there doing what I'm doing now. So this means that I have had to dissect my role and start to think of all of the tasks that I do now that I will eventually have to outsource and allocate to other roles so that I get my nomadic life where I'm just like the head honcho at the top who, um, 
organizes things and and does all the marketing marketing or, or whatever that is so that's an example of that then with my big top goal in mind so I know when I'm in my 40s I am going to work from wherever from my laptop I know that I am going to do all of the marketing for the company uh, I know that I am going to be doing coaching online courses helping other beauty professionals uh, who knows by that point it might be beyond beauty professionals but that's what I'm aiming for so with that in mind I've had to map out a plan to getting there so I do this by defining my perfect perfect sorry working week and then gradually over time I will start to outsource for tasks we then need um, an action plan so I love a vision board and action sheets I even <laughs> I even make my partner, who is not a planner at all, bless his heart, and he's just like very much an like an artistic person and loves what he you know does with his, in his life, and he will just always be super carefree and will go with the flow. That's just kind of his style. But I even make him write his big goals up on butcher's paper and then make him break down the process with like actionable steps of getting there. And and for someone that has his personality. That's difficult because he's just like, I don't know. I just want to experience life. What the hell is this? But for me, knowing that I have something that is so well defined um, and because I am an ambitious person and somebody that wants my life to look a particular way and I'm so sure of that, I need to nut out my plan uh, for getting there. So how the heck do you do this? Well, you can create like a little graph and you will get this in the seven figure method download. I have my tasks in one column. So, you know, I'm a lead stylist. I color cut um, maybe the front of house stuff that I do. So this I don't do front of house stuff anymore now. But, you know, when I was doing emails, phone bookings, all that sort of stuff, marketing, social media, anything that I have to do in salon in regards to socials. Uh, all the accounts, bills, wages, stuff like that, management, like team meetings or check-ins. And then I capture how many hours per week I spend doing each of these individual tasks. I then rate myself like uh, by like level of passion. So I have like a passion scale. So it might be seven out of 10 for coloring and cutting on the floor. And then two out of 10, or probably one out of 10, let's be honest, uh, for doing wages. So that indicates to me the first thing I really want to outsource um, are my accounts, uh, is my payroll and uh, all of my bills and things like that. So because I am not passionate about it and also it only takes four hours out of my week. So I'm going to be able to afford that before I can afford to pay someone to take over my cutting, coloring on the floor completely because at the moment, I am doing that 35 hours a week, for example. So that is something that I do. So now that we know all of your tasks, tasks, <laughs> as the salon owner, uh, we really want to start building your perfect day. I do believe that becoming a super successful business owner is going to require so much discipline and leveling up in every aspect of your life. It is going to challenge you physically and mentally. So after listening to this today, go and sit down, create a perfect day and plan to win. It 
will change your life. Every time you scale and you outsource for something, you revisit because you win back a bit of time to move towards what it is that you're really passionate about. Okay, so let's now get into what it means to become a brand. So I think, this is just my opinion, the most successful salon brands hit three key areas. So they are your brand aesthetics, your community, so really how you reach your community, speak to and nurture your community, and then the overall experience that you offer your guests, so the transformations that you create in salon. Um, what makes your salon experience different to everyone else, else, that sort of stuff. So let's break down how uh, each of these play a big role in building our salon brand. And we want it to look luxury. We're aiming for like global status, right? Because we're keeping in mind that we want to be featured in publications. We want people raving about us. We want like a cult-like following. So firstly, if we talk about aesthetics, if branding isn't your thing, you can reach out to a graphic designer or branding, I don't know, specialist, is that what they're called? Um, absolutely worth it. If you just want to, from the get-go, create something and branding isn't your strong suit, then go and do that. Highly, highly recommend. That's already going to elevate your brand and make it look expensive. You can also use things like Canva. Um, you can use like Unfold. There are so many apps now that will help you streamline your aesthetic. So when it comes to community, obviously we hear this all the time, we have to identify our perfect fit client and speak directly to them on your social media platforms. Uh, the more that you do niche down, the more someone's going to be like, oh my God, they are speaking directly to me, this is my place. I do think as you grow and scale, you don't have to do this as much, but in the beginning, really clever strategy for reaching a particular type of person, especially if you want to pitch yourself uh, to a luxury market. The third thing in experience. So we want to capture all of the little things that make such a big difference in your salon. So identify, you know, all of your client touch points, uh, your website, your booking system, how you check in and follow up with your clients, all that sort of stuff. So with your branding, something I would absolutely recommend is nutting out your brand guide. So if you don't have a branding specialist, if you want to do this yourself, you can literally go to Canva and type in brand key template, put in all of your colors, um, maybe have like a little Pinterest board with uh, inspiration, something that you want to look like. Try not to use another hair salon, by the way. Like I think it's more fun when you draw inspiration from similar but non-competing brands and make sure that you tie it back to you and your big purpose because that's what we're aiming for. With your social media, like it is one of the best ways to connect with your community. So we want, I, I know that people like, your feed doesn't matter anymore, but for me it does because we are aiming for luxury clients. I want to pitch to publications that are going to feature us. I just want them to come across us and be like, that place looks beautiful. I want to write about it. Like this place is cool. So you need to make sure that your social media grid is beautiful. And I guess the other thing that, you know, you guys have heard me bang on about this multiple times now, but your website. So you can't just 
focus all on your social media account. I had my social media account shut down. I was meta verified. Like you, you don't own it. You're on rented land. Make sure that your website is as beautiful as your salon experience, as your social media. Like I have seen so many average websites. Please don't be one of them. You will turn away people from the get go. Like make it lovely. The, when it comes to your touch points, there are a few things in this. So you've got your brand awareness, obviously, which is your social media and your, um, your website, all that sort of stuff. So we need to make sure that that is completely nutted out and it's looking great. Uh, your booking process, is it easy to book with you? Do you have an online booking system? Online booking systems solve more problems than what they create. Have an online booking link. Honestly, your booking requests will skyrocket your salon. So I don't think that you have to spend upwards of $100,000 on a fancy fit out. I think that we should be focusing on the overall presentation and energy of your salon. I love plants. If you've been into Paloma, it is like a plant sanctuary. They are everywhere. And a lot of the furniture has actually been upcycled. Um, or I've taken bits and pieces from Oh God, everywhere. Like I don't spend heaps of money on fit outs. I just think when you're starting out, especially it will take time for you to make back what you've put into a salon. I think it's smarter to do less. So focus on the little things makes a big difference. The next thing is like client care. So, uh, we need to document, you know, our salons, phone manner, check-in system, consultation. So everything that you do in salon for your customers to create a beautiful client journey should be streamlined uh, in the way of systems and procedures. Document everything, whether you take videos of this is how we do consultations at our salon and you upload it to Facebook for your team to learn you know, your way or you write it down and put it in a Google Word doc and then that's somewhere that is within reach for your team members. And when you're onboarding staff, run them through everything to ensure that you are consistent with everything. So client care, super important. Incentive and rewards, nut out what your referral programs are, your rewards, uh, giveaways, community events, all that kind of stuff comes back to rewarding your community. See how much is in this? Like I'm half, I'm getting halfway through now. This is a long episode. Okay, so the third one, your company framework. So back to Macca's because we love it. <laughs> um, they say that McDonald's is the best small business in the world. But before you say that you don't want to become a franchise and be soulless, I'm gonna tell you I need to act like one. So we have all been optimistic and idealistic in business. You are forgiven. I have been too. It's so fine. Uh, most of us just wanted to go out and create a beautiful space and we're all really relaxed and easygoing. We didn't want to ruffle anyone's feathers. We're just like, yeah, do whatever. It'll always work. It's like wrong. It won't. We have to have policies, systems, clear frameworks, contracts, like our team need to know what the boundaries are, what the rules are. Like we have to develop all of that stuff first. If you know someone that's incredibly risk adverse, they will be absolutely worth their weight in gold. Or even if that's a family member, you can just be like, tell me all the things that could possibly go wrong, like brainstorm with me. And then once you have all of those problems, create systems and frameworks and rules to navigate 
that and to ensure that your business doesn't crumble when something happens. So something else that I think is really important to look at are your careers. So remember the work that we did uh, in you know the first step of defining what freedom meant to us. We have to get really clear on what our roles are to make sure that our business is running like a well-oiled machine. So again, you could go to Canva. This is going to be in the downloadable PDF, which is attached to the show notes, but you can go to Canva and type in something like company framework and you will see like funny little pictures of people where it says like CEO and then something shooting off in another direction, which will say, I don't know, uh, operations, manager, ops manager, next thing might be head of marketing, like all those different things. Start to create a company chart so that you know this person's going to do that, this person's going to do that, this is what's in my role and then you can start to create like a, a web of roles. It also makes sure that your team are always going to have future with you. So. We need to be defining our position contracts and we need to have performance management and we need our team to know that they can move up the ranks and have all of these opportunities. So I want you to go through the PDF. I have listed so many essential roles for a salon business. I am not going to go through those now because we will be here for three hours, but check them out and edit this template so that it works for you and your business. So the fourth thing, systemization. How many times have you heard that systems will set you free? So regardless of how long it takes you to build a salon guide or develop develop policies or company rules, it is so essential to your success as a salon owner. And now that we have ChatGPT in our lives, you have no excuse. Systems are a must. Policies are a must. So your salon guide that I touched on just before, that needs to have everything um, in it. So anything that you do in salon needs to be in there. Booking frameworks, you know, whatever your system is around bookings, your refund policies, how you color, your cleaning schedule, um, list of like tradespeople for maintenance stuff, I don't know, all that, all of that. So that when you are on your yacht sipping a martini that you planned well in advance because you're an organized business baddie, uh, your team aren't going to call you when you're trying to relax because they know everything that they need is within this salon guide. Uh, when we go to, when we talk about policies, sorry, so adjustment policies, refund policies, referral programs, influencer policies, cancellation policies, hair days, friends and family discounts, social media policies, annual leave policies, uh, client details, like policies, all of that stuff have that nutted out because I am telling you whatever can go wrong will go wrong. Don't be too optimistic and don't be foolish. And I don't say that lightly and I'm not saying it because I'm like, people are awful. It's not that people are awful. People just are never going to have the same kind of lens over your business as what you do. People are never going to understand the risk or why things have to function a certain way. We have to just start off strong. We have to develop all of this before we start hiring so that everyone knows what the expectations are, what the rules are, what the policies are. This is something that 
I learned the hard way and I wish I took it seriously in the beginning. I just honestly didn't think about it. So many of us learn these things the hard way and it, and it was all because I hadn't defined it in the beginning. So it was my fault. So make sure that you are looking at your policies. You should have a well-defined code of conduct that has you know, your company values, all of your standards in a workplace, super, super important. If you don't want to write one of those, you can, I have just launched my template shop. You're welcome. It is back up and running. Head over to mickeyall.com. I will put the link in the show notes, but you can access our code of conduct ready for you to copy and paste and edit it for yourself. So you don't have to do any of the hard work. I've done it for you. Okay. You could have a set of salon rules. So you might have, you know, kind of like the 10 commandments. Uh, it could be, we tidy up our own mess. Uh, number two, no backroom, I don't know, bitch sessions, bitch up. That could be one of them. Uh, three, we arrive 10 minutes before start time. Short, clear, little things. These are our 10 salon rules. You could do something like that. Really good idea. Onboarding, offboarding. So make sure that you have an onboarding strategy and equally an offboarding strategy. This is something else that I recently was like, I need to do this. This is really important. Um, not only will you be able to make sure that your team, when they terminate their employment with you, or if you terminate the employment, whatever that looks like, not only will you be able to tell them, okay, now that you're gone, we're just going to circle back to our policies, I don't know, with social media or tools and equipment, who knows, you can communicate those things with those team members, but also you can ask for feedback and be like, how can we make this better? Uh, I think it's, I think it's really important. Okay. Let's get in to leadership. As I said, leadership is a never ending journey of self development, but it is integral to any business and it does get easier. The more you practice it, I promise harsh truth. Again, your team, your salon success, and equally all of the shit show problems that you find yourself facing will be a reflection of you. There will always be a lesson in something, but just a reminder, guys, be kind to yourself. Uh, you are not always going to have all of the answers. You can't be across everything. You are human, but I just wanted to give you some key steps uh, towards growing your leadership skills. So I think that we have to embody CEOs. So if you, you know, to, to talk, to, to talk the talk, you have to walk the walk because your team will take in whatever it is that you put out. So I feel like my salon grew far quicker than what I was prepared for. I did not know how to handle the workload and do all things. Had no idea what I was signing up for. I feel like so many of us have been in that position, but I have learned that your energy is number one when it comes to your team. So if you've had a rough day, if you're not feeling great, try your best to put it aside. Always, um, and always aim to be transparent with your team as well. Like you have to show up, have to try to show up as the best version of yourself all the time. I know it's hard, but you are the role model. If something's really going on, like instead of taking it out on your team, uh, you know, sometimes I will, I often like with my front of house manager, uh, because I will work with her directly. If I'm not feeling great, I'll say, I'm so sorry for my energy today. I am exhausted. 
I'm feeling really burnt out and <laughs> just just don't mind me but I you know I do apologize I'm, I'm trying to be my best self today I'm just not feeling great so letting someone know what's going on for you super important it makes you approachable and uh, relatable as well as a business owner your team's going to feel far more comfortable in following in your footsteps and doing the same when they're a bit cranky you know hopefully they'll be like I have just had a really bad day I'm going to try just wanted to let you know it's not you it's all me <laughs> okay so mentoring so we need to put energy into building um, our team and the success of our team so regular one-on-ones are so important it is important that we have an understanding of what it is that our team want to achieve within their lives within their careers i think that good leaders definitely listen to their team and they help them work out strategies um, to lead them to success it is important that you constantly invest in your team's growth as well and your team's development you could have weekly education with your apprentices. Uh, in fact, I would absolutely recommend that you prioritize weekly education with your apprentices. Uh, minimum like fortnightly catch-ups with your team one-on-one -on -one, and then weekly leadership meetings so that you can go through everything with your leadership team to make sure that everyone is on the same page. Because so often when something goes awry, it's generally like a difference in perspective or a misunderstanding so there's been some kind of fault in your communication so everyone does need something to work towards and everyone's goals are equally important the third thing in leadership is discipline so giving off i'm sorry giving everyone everything that they want whenever they want it is not leading that's kind of like you're just a yes person that bends and says yes to everything so as the leader you have to be equal parts caring and strong and we need to lead with empathy but we also have to have firm boundaries and really clear expectations we don't want to create pesky behaviors um, because you know you've given too much out when maybe it wasn't deserved or you've been afraid to actually say what the salon needs i know that's really hard it will be one of the most testing things but if you can be disciplined in that um it will make the world a difference so number one we want to be a great role model number two we want to make sure that we are constantly working on our communication with our team number three we want to be disciplined we want to get comfortable with saying no or our reasons of you know doing so <laughs> saying no uh, number four we need to make sure that we are always in alignment so if you thought that opening a hair salon would mean that you can work less right away uh, or that people would manage themselves you're wrong does salon ownership actually align with you uh, that because you have to be aligned with leadership it's a huge part of your role as a salon owner number five education so continual education and growth is something that we absolutely need to offer our team all right last thing guys and it is one of the most important things as as is all of what i have just covered but let's talk about numbers numbers are the lifeblood of your business um and understanding your numbers is ultimately at the core of your success because without if you don't read them then you will make poor business decisions and it's kind of like when you're afraid to open your internet banking you're like how much did i spend last night on cocktails <laughs> but when you look at it you're like okay 
I'm just gonna sit with that. That's fine. I am going to make a plan now so that I can get through the rest of the week before I'm paid again. That is a very simple um, example. So a rough example of how business works. We have money coming in. That money is dispersed and comes out again to pay for any of our fixed costs or variable variable costs. So our rent, insurance, electricity, software, all that sort of stuff. Uh, we have to pay for wages. If you have team, that includes sick leave, holiday pay, superannuation, tax, all of those things. Uh, you know, and all of our stock. So it, our cost of goods sold. Uh, that includes professional color, uh, testers, anything for your back bar, uh, your retail line, all of that. And then you'll have extras, which are accounting fees, uh, website costs, client amenities, uh, any subscriptions, education, bank fees, all of that stuff. After that, so that is a lot. After that, you are going to have a certain amount of money and this is what ultimately is your profit. So you have a little pool of profit. So that's your profit margin. That money, ideally, if you, I mean, it depends how your business is set up. If you're a company, if you're a sole trader, if you've got a big team and if you're a big salon, you are likely to be a company. You might then pay dividends to the director or the director might be on a salary. So I'm on a wage. I don't at the moment pay myself anything beyond that. I just get a wage. Uh, I am, you know, still in the startup phase really because I am less than 10 years in. But so all the money that is left in the salon business goes back into the business uh, for any of these things. So the ability to pay staff when there are last minute cancellations and gaps because that hugely impacts a business. Um, if you have rises in overheads, it will create a bit of a buffer for you to kind of shimmy into a price increase maybe for your services, but it will get you through uh, until that kind of kicks in. It will cover the cost of wages and products when you do have adjustments. So when people come in and they're not happy, you are obviously paying for it twice because you are paying for someone's time twice. You're paying twice for products. Uh, so the extra money in the business is going to help you with that. If you lose team members, this can drastically shift your profit margin, drastically can shift it. So when you lose team members, generally you will want to make sure that you do have extra and that you are priced for profit because you need to be able to afford to pay for everything else <laughs> still, everything that was above. And again, guys, this is a downloadable, so you will be able to read through this because I know it's a lot to retain. Um, you need to make sure that you have a little pool of profit so that you can get through those hard days. If you have wage changes without growing revenue, um, you might find that you are dipping into your profit margin as well. So we need to make sure that we don't find ourselves here. If you guys want uh, to know more about wages and incentives and profit shares and everything like that, absolutely recommend signing up for Standout Salon Academy. We go through all of that good stuff because it is so important that you are seeing an increase in productivity um, in order to offer more in wages as well. If you have lost clients due to staff leaving and you know those clients have 
found that staff member on Instagram. Again, this kind of circles back to why policies are important, right? Like we don't have um, intellectual property policies because we're (laughs) a-holes. We do it because you have a business to protect. It is general practice in so many industries. Most industries, I feel like the, the salon and beauty industries can be relaxed with it. And it... It's stressful. We need to make sure that it is known that client details belong to the salon and not the stylist. When stylists leave, if that person finds them on Instagram, then of course, that's a client's choice. It's not about owning the client. I don't like the term owning the client. I prefer to say owning the client details. So we just need to make sure that that is super clear because those clients, you know, we have put a lot of money, a lot of energy into marketing. And if you have apprentices as well, you are building them you need to give them clients too so we have wages to pay for so when someone leaves and takes a huge chunk i want if you're a stylist listening to this i want you to shift your thinking especially if you think that in the future you will want to open a salon business you will start to understand why this is so important but if you were to example for example we would hope this would never happen but go into the computer and access print out all of the client details and then poach all of those clients um it is stealing salon intellectual property and you are not just putting that business at risk so if you have something against the owner like not a good way to handle it but like if that's your motive um think also about the other people that is impacting it is impacting the longevity of that business and other people's jobs that's honestly just the truth. Uh, profit, sorry, profit margins will enable a business to pay for new team before they have built a solid client group. So important that we have like six to eight week worth of wages at least for that new team member coming on. Super expensive when you're considering things like superannuation, tax, holidays, pay, sick pay, all the things. Um, and large maintenance costs. And there is so, so much more that you can go through on this PDF and read that. But essentially, the extra money that's left sitting in the business at the end goes back into the business. It is only after all of this that we can actually afford to safely scale and open multiple salons. So if you are someone who, I don't know, you have a lot of investors or if you have a big pool of capital, whether you have inherited that or what the story, whatever the story is, I, I still think it is so important that you go through this entire framework step by step and you only scale when you have all of this running like a well-oiled machine. Because what will happen is that your main uh, income earner, so your first salon, will start to cover the cost or always will in the beginning. It will have to cover the costs for the new salon business and that can get so expensive and it will greatly impact um, your your main income earner. So be really strategic about when you're doing that. It is important that you know what your break even is. So you need to know how much it costs to run your business per week. Uh, it is important that we are always doing salon health checks. So look at your retail numbers, the amount of new clients that you saw, your retention rate, Um, and understand why it moves up or down and then create strategies 
to ensure that consistency in your cash flow. The third one, like pay rises aren't always the answer. If someone asks for a pay rise, but they're not necessarily bringing more in, then you ultimately can't afford to give them that. I do think profit share is a fabulous way of giving back to your team members because they win when the salon wins. You know when you're operating in profit, it is a really healthy, safe way of giving um, pay increases and it allows your team to have uh, control over their income as well, which is awesome. Like the harder they work, the more they get back. It is best practice if you put your tax and super in a completely different account. If that's a high interest account, even better, like try to get the most out of that money and just separate it from the beginning so you don't even touch it. We want to focus on your retention rate. So before we're like spinning on our hamster wheel and trying to find new clients, we want to make sure that we have sealed all of the holes in a leaking bucket. Have you got, you know, a lost client strategy? Are you rebooking your clients frequently enough? Super important. And then it is so integral that you motivate your team with profit share. I just touched on this, but so, so important that you let your team drive their own earnings up. So if you guys want to head to the show notes, you will get the PDF, which has all of this. I I know that this is a lot, but this is what it takes to build a successful and a sustainable salon business, meaning you are going to have a business still in 10 years time, 20 years time, and it is going to continue to grow and flourish. If you are overwhelmed by all of the things, you will see a link that will take you straight to Standout Salon Academy. Every system I have ever done is in there and ready for you to edit and implement. It takes you from step one, which is branding and coming up with your big brand vision to freedom and stepping into the role of CEO. I was about to say SEO. (laughs) Stepping into the role of CEO and living your dream life. It is going to take you through every step of getting there. I have been told by my students that it is the clear, the clearest uh, online course that they have ever done in salon ownership uh, because it is so straightforward. It is going to take you through each module step by step, hold your hand, lead you the way. Not only do you get access to all of the videos and all of the downloadables, templates, systems, all that sort of stuff, you uh, will be invited into group calls with me. You will be added to our Facebook community. So you will be able to connect with like-minded business owners who are also going through the same stuff. We all share our learnings. Uh, We all ask questions through there. So head to the link in the show notes, check out Standout Salon Academy. I am so proud of it. I have put so much work into it. But for now, if you just want to start with the seven figure method, it is in the show notes. It is free. It is packed full with education and valuable content. You are welcome. I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. See you later, guys.